Welcome to the Service Legend Podcast, a show for home service business owners who are looking to dominate their market and see more profit, more freedom, and more impact from their service business. Hey, I'm your host, Ryan Davis, CEO and founder at Service Legend and Cardinal Concrete Coating, alongside my co-host, Marco Sipla, CMO here at Service Legend. In each episode, we'll be interviewing home service legends, industry experts, coaches, consultants, software companies, and a whole lot more. Hey, see you guys on the pod. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Service Legend Podcast. Uh, This is the category of client success uh, here with uh, clients at Service Legend. And uh, we have an amazing uh, treat for you guys today. We have uh, just an amazing young entrepreneur um, that is just crushing it, guys, uh, in in the concrete coating industry, uh, Charlie Comer. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me on, Ryan. I appreciate it. Yeah, super pumped about this. Um, and uh, um, let me intro uh, Charlie. For those of you that don't know Charlie, um, he is the CEO, the visionary CEO of Comer and Cross Concrete Coatings from Metro Detroit. Charlie's passion for contracting began at, um, began in high school, and he sees the opportunity to enter the thriving home service industry with expertise in marketing, finance, and sales. Charlie has led Comer and Cross to unprecedented success in a pretty short period of time. So we're going to get into that as well. Their people-centric approach and innovative processes set them apart. Outside of work, Charlie enjoys sports, socializing, and staying fit. Uh, let's dive into it, man, and we'll get on into it here. Uh, but if you could elaborate on that for us, that would be awesome. Um, and maybe just give us some um, some like more origin context um, on kind of how you led up to kind of starting uh, the business. Absolutely. You mean just kind of starting from ground zero? Yeah. I mean, you could probably, you know, I'm not sure how far you want to go back. I'll let you choose that. But um, I always like to kind of get some context for, you know, it's always very interesting and and, um, intriguing for me to understand, like, um, what was going on in your life or the entrepreneur's life before they started the business that took off? Like, what were the the things you were doing, uh, the people that you were connecting with? Um, I think that tells a little bit of a story. uh, And there's a lot of consistency with... um, successful, you know, entrepreneurs. Absolutely. So. You know, I think my background really started just in high school, uh, you know, running power wash companies, running deck companies. I've always been very entrepreneurial, uh, always figuring out how to make a buck in the summer. Um, I've always found it, you know, really fun. Uh, like literally I just, I love to do it. Um, so I think starting with that, just entrepreneurial spirit in high school and running those companies is kind of, uh, initiated where we are today. Uh, And then, you know, kind of, you know, getting into the college landscape and kind of slowly analyzing it and realizing that, hey, like this might not be 100 percent for me, Uh, you know, loving college, a lot of fun, uh, studying hard, all that stuff, uh, but just kind of seeing a way out uh, of that situation and uh, figuring out eventually, you know, how to work for myself uh, again, rather than going into kind of a more traditional financial field uh, with the route I was headed. Um, so yeah. I'm Prithvi Varkiani and we've got recruiting best practices, pain and training resources, and a bare pro sweepstakes coming your way in this PCA minute. It's recruiting season. If you're wondering where all the good candidates are, we got you covered. There's an entire section on PCA overdrive dedicated to hiring, recruiting, and retention. Curated from your favorite podcasts, expo sessions, and virtual events, you'll learn to hire and keep rock stars in your company. Just look for the hiring, recruiting, and retention lane on PCA Overdrive. 
Get your crew field ready faster with PCA's Painter Training. PCA Overdrive provides free access to painter training videos in English and Spanish. Our training portal offers a more in-depth learning experience through a guided pathway. Each module has an assessment and certificates are awarded at the completion of each level. To learn more, go to pcapaintedorg slash training. Finally, enter for a chance to win the Bear Pro Painter Sweepstakes. Price includes $5,000 worth of Bear, Kills, Graco, and 3M products. Visit pca.so slash Bear Pro Sweepstakes to enter now. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, and we were chatting here before we got live. Um, one of the really cool things that that um, that I like about you is um, is you're young, uh, you know business, you've you know you've been ed- you know educated, you've got great resources and mentors in your life uh, to kind of help guide you along the way, and it's really a good picture of where the industry is going. In my opinion, there's so many more business uh, people or uh, private equity. You've got um, guys that have built eight or nine figure companies that are turning turning into private equity, coming into the space, um, owning companies, buying companies. And I see less of the traditional historical uh, painter that has been a painter for 15 years and now owns the, you know, the painting company or um, the installer uh, that's now the CEO. Um, and that took 20 years, right? Or 15 years or whatever. Um, and so it's really exciting to see you doing this in our, in our, in our industry, um, if you could talk to us a little bit about that, like, what is that like being young, you know, um, knowing business, but coming into a field where, um, you know, there's everyone's older. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, uh, um, old dogs, um, in the, in the space that don't want to be taught new tricks, right? They don't like millennials. There's, there's a lot of that going on. Matter of fact, um, when I first started the marketing company, um, there was so much hate from, you know, all these guys that were like 40 right. years old that were like, who are you coming in talking about? generating leads with ads, you know? So what is that like for you kind of coming into the space uh, with that? Totally. Yeah. You know, it was definitely, you know, now it's, it's good as we've built our, our brand name uh, in Detroit, you know, but I think starting out, yeah, it was really difficult. Uh, I remember walking down uh, the street, my partner would take one side, I'd take the other. And we were literally door hanging uh, homes, you know, just hoping for one uh, call in February in the middle of winter, you know? So uh, I think, you know, it's really evolved, right? Uh, as far as the contractors, you know, that have been running those companies uh, on their 20th year, they finally get two crews, three crews, right? But as time has, has gone on, I think people are getting into this space because there's just such a need for it, um, just in all contracts in general. And uh, I think people are really breaking them down into, you know, average tickets, close ratios and seeing where they need to be. Uh, and walking into these industries and literally just crushing. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. Um, there's, uh, um, an association that we're a part of called the painting contractor association. And I've, 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 I've spoken at their events. I'm involved there, um, at, at some level. And, um, there's a guy named Jason Paris, who was the previous chair of the, uh, of the, of the whole PCA. And he has this, this whole mission, uh, to professionalize the painting industry, you know, and that's been a mission of mine too, is, well, let's professionalize this industry. Um, and I do believe that it's uh, at the beginning stages of the renaissance of that professionalization, you know? Um, and so it's exciting for you. Um, if you could talk to us a little bit about your company um, and kind of like what you guys do, um, maybe the size of the company uh, and just kind of the kind of um, the fundamentals of kind of what business you're running and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, right now we are running seven, uh, possibly eight crews kind of on and off here. 
Um, so we're doing about 150 jobs a month, I would say. Um, you know, hopefully that continues as we get into, you know, later summer and fall as well. Um, but yeah, really the structure is, you know, I've got, uh, two CSRs, uh, one of them's kind of half inside sales, um, three outside sales guys. I run them pretty hard. Um, you know, which, you know, lets them make more money. I, I hire guys that want to work longer days, uh, you know, by example. Um, and it's interesting too, I've got younger guys to, you know, on the outside sales from 26 to 60, right? So it's kind of an interesting dynamic there and seeing how they operate and the difference just from our generation to even how, you know, the older guys handle the customers, uh, which is pretty cool to see. Um, But yeah, in general, my partner, he's the operating partner. He handles all the, you know, uh, customers. If there's any complaints, uh, he has a general manager under him. So, you know, we also have a shop where uh, warehouse manager that, you know, is handling all the equipment, things breaking, you know, once you get to seven crews, I know it's not giant, but, you know, things start breaking, right? And you need them fixed quickly. um, So you don't have to have too much equipment, right? Um, But yeah, that's kind of the general dynamic of it. You know, it, it's, it's, everyone plays a huge role, right? From the CSRs, booking the phone calls, making sure our issue rates are, you know, where they need to be. Uh, it really starts there. You know, I always like to say kind of like how you guys say it, you know, there's marketing first, right. Then you have your CSRs. who has got to field the, the call um, and then get it on to, you know, production. And then last, you know, service, you know, if anything does go wrong with that client or that client needs a little extra bump um, just making sure that all those things are going in unison. Right. And we'll never get them perfect as yeah. you know, uh, but all, all we can do is try and minimize and uh, edit our script daily on what we're doing and what's working and what's most efficient, but also looking and seeing what works for the people that are working uh, at your company. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and how many people would you say that you guys have um, right now over there? Jeez, uh, we're constantly hiring, uh, but I would say 25 to 28 Nice. Yeah. Um, so, it's, so it's a decent size, you know, operation over there. Um, and uh, when did you guys start doing installs and things like that? So this is our third year. We've really been in business for two years and seven months or something. Uh, so we started doing installs in 20, geez, 2021 then, I think. Yeah, 2021 was our first year, which was literally just us getting off the ground. You know, me and my partner, like I did this, I sold the jobs and I would show up and do a clear coat. Like, you know, I've never been like the handiest guy or like the best at a lot of that stuff, but it's also important to show the guys that, you know, you can work too and stuff like that. So I, I started doing it with uh, just my partner, right. For that first year, uh, second year, you know, we, we just did some planning. We're listening to podcasts, reaching out to industry experts, kind of even evaluating if we wanted to go back to college or not. Right. Uh, Hey, are we going to keep doing this? You know, it's working. Like we weren't really planning on it working like as well as it is. And then, you know, making that decision, the first decision to leave school was tough, but the second decision was even harder to not go back because all your friends asking you, Hey, you know, you coming back? Oh no, I'm not. Everyone's like, Oh, that guy's going to be homeless or whatever. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So it's like, Oh wow. Like, I come from a background where everyone goes to college, you know, like you're going to college, you're like, you're dead, you know? So 
uh, just making that decision and kind of doubling down with my partner, um, you know, and going back into it for our second year, uh, you know, we immediately got busier. We uh, really started to look at our cost per lead as far as marketing and stuff um, and evaluate that, eventually bringing on a salesperson, replacing myself there, putting myself back to that inside sales marketing role um, as far as, you know, and still handling a lot of customers and, you know, getting that CSR as well uh, was important to run three crews. Uh, and then eventually planning out that next year, right. Um, financially and everything to get to where we are now of, uh, you know, this year was an extremely calculated, uh, year. And, uh, I don't think, I think me and my partner, sometimes we don't give ourselves enough credit. We're always going, it's never good enough, you know, but, uh, it definitely has been a, a great year so far and, uh, extremely calculated. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and those are the types of, you know, of things that, you know, when we talk about um, professionalizing what we're doing here, those, those are those exact things, you know, systems and culture and being proper leaders and, you know, all these different things that, um, you know, uh, that sometimes people look at as like, uh, um, you know, impossible, you know, and, and, and I think that's a big thing historically with home service is it's very unprofessional, right? Truck in the truck, the guy shows up, he can't answer the phone those smaller companies, but you look at these bigger companies like A1 or Gettle or all these big companies um, and they're so professional. Right. And, and, and I think it's so important to, to, um, to be aware that you can provide that level of experience in your small business too. Right. With totally. your 20 employees. Like it's, you know, it's and possible, but it takes it. a lot of effort. People want it. They want it to be professionalized. The guys, they want to wear the hats, the shirts, you know, they want to have the nice trucks, the wrap trailers, um, you know, everyone wants everything to be more professionalized. And I think that's something like, as far as hiring for us, you know, uh, we're hiring for people that want to grow, right. Everyone here has the expectation in our company that like, we're here for the long run. Um, and that we're here to, to ultimately grow and, um, be the best. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love that culture. Um, I want to chat real quick about, um, uh, um, about like managing older people. Obviously you're, you're, you're um, in your earlier twenties. There's people on your team. You have a decent sized team that are older, right. Than you. And obviously you mentioned that you've got a partner and you've got um, managers in place that are managing um, people and things for you. But uh, if you could speak to that just for a moment um, on, on how you, um, you know, how important it is to uh, just to be a leader in the business, no matter if you have people that are older than you, younger than you, different color than you, whatever, right? Like how important is, you know, is it for you to be a leader regardless of who's in your company? It's so important. You know, everyone's looking at you and uh, you know, every day it's like the vibe in the office or anywhere. The guys are constantly watching you looking yeah. at your tone, you know, like, Hey, like, does this guy really know what he's doing? Right. Like, am I going to mm-hmm. continue to 
follow him. And it's so important to continue to have everyone bought in. And I think like uh, our, at first, you know, the youth uh, was def it definitely hurt, you know, like I've, I've let sales guys go. I've let, you know, just being young, making dumb decisions, right. As I'm going to continue to make, um, but being able to rebound from those uh, most importantly uh, has been important. But as far as age, you know, I think now uh, just with the traction that we've had and the direction that we're going, I think people really like it. I think people, uh, we have I've, all kinds of people reach out, Hey, you got any spot, you know, for here um, yeah. for this position. Like I, I really love what you guys are doing over there. So now it has caught fire, but yeah, I mean, just the past two years putting in, you know, 80 hours a week, every week, you know, just to get to this point um, and then struggling at this point, it's just like, wow, well, what's next. Right. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. I, uh, I was just talking to our operations director at service legend and um, you know, there's things that we're working on. We run on EOS. And so you know, we have quarterly rocks and, and, and uh, you know, there's a lot of count, you know, um, there's a lot of accountability in place. And uh, I was just talking to our, our guy, Caleb, and uh, was just talking about, um, uh, you know, there was decisions that, you know, I feel like he should be making, right. Um, that he knows he should be making, but he's not making them. And, and, and I, uh, you know, it was more about um, fear of rejection or fear of uh, making mistakes. Right. Um, and uh, um, it's so important to just get after it, you know, um, and that's where you learn and get experience is when you make those mistakes. Um, and like, you know, to your point, um, I mean, about making mistakes, like you're always going to do. It's so true. Um, and so I want to segue there a little bit. Um, what type of mistakes, like, do you think that you've made that you think, uh, somebody that's listening that maybe will or could make that mistake? What would you tell that person based on your experiences and your mistakes? Like, how could you have done it better in retrospect now that you're a couple years in now? Yeah, I would say, you know, with what you're building, like, I think the culture and the standard that you start with is the most important. Like, what are you letting certain people get away with, right? From the very beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Because once you set a certain tone in a company, which which we, we had struggled with in certain aspects, um, just with anything, whether it's quality of installation, uh, what you're going to let a technician get away with, say, you know, act, dress, uh, do anything, right? Like you have to set the tone yeah. and be very consistent with it. And I think that we struggle with that a lot. Uh, and, you know, actually being hard on people, right? Because we were a little bit younger, but I think, you know, now we understand the importance of being extremely consistent and sticking to the script, right? I think that's number one, you know, staying consistent in that nature. Uh, as far as like a marketing and like growth uh, perspective, I would say, you know, having enough money aside for marketing to start is the utmost important, like, especially in our industry, you yeah. know, you're not marketing, you're not in business. Right. Uh, yeah. so like you better figure that out real quick because you can't make money in this business running one crew, you know, um, and everyone's in this business to make money. And I think that's a huge issue that a lot of people have in this industry. And it's, you know, people we fight with, you know, guys doing $2,000 floors, right. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're doing them for free, but a lot of these guys don't know that, you know, they are working literally for free. Um, yeah. so it's just, you know, sharing that knowledge is, I, I agree. So. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. Um, 
I want to chat real quick about um, the topic of, uh, of, of sales. Um, I know you have uh, three uh, salespeople um, outside and then you, you have, it looks like it's one or two inside. Um, and I imagine that's for rehash at some level. Um, yeah. But uh, could you talk to us like, you know, how important is sales in home service, you know, and, you know, specifically for your concrete coding company in that industry, but like, you know, how important is it to have like a sales process, a sales system, um, you know, and how has that benefited you guys um, like actually having something in place and not just winging it, you know? hundred percent. It's, it's so important. Like all the way down to, I have a, I have a sales meeting bi-weekly every Tuesday morning. Uh, I'll go over with our inside sales reps and then our, our sales reps. And I'm technically in charge of sales uh, right now. I'm looking to replace myself. Uh, I'll always be involved, but uh, you know, getting someone in that role to, to manage some of the little things. Right. But it's everything, right? Like you cannot keep your technicians busy if your guys aren't on the road, you know, estimating and understanding how to close on the spot. Um, as far as, you know, if you're not going to close on the spot, you don't want to be too annoying. Right. But having a rehash and, you know, understanding your market where you have to be at with your average ticket and where you can go with your inside sales team. Yeah. And, um, on the inside person that you have that does like rehash stuff, um, what does that look like? Um, like what is your guys' process for the like unsold estimate rehash stuff? I, I think that's a big, uh, there's a couple of things that I believe that this industry doesn't, isn't fully aware of. Um, uh, and a couple of those are lead conversion. Uh, I think that there's plenty of companies that get plenty of leads. They just don't know how to convert them into, into appointments that are, um, qualified, um, because the average lead to conversion rate in our industry, I think was like 30%, you know? Um, and I think Cardinals is like 70%. And I heard, and I posted something the other day about, um, and there's people getting 60, 70, 80% on lead conversion. conversion. You mean to appointment? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, gotcha. yep. That is a big KPI. I think that's not being leveraged yep. or, you know, maximized. Yeah, like that, 73 that, to 75, sometimes 80. Uh, but like, I'd say we go to more appointments that are some, I'll, I'll take the chance with my guys sometimes and go out to some leads that aren't as good. But again, I run them hard. You know, we do a lot of, I mean, some of my guys do seven to eight estimates a day, you know, uh, but that's the type of guy I look for and that I hire for. Yeah. Uh, and that's the way I'm structured, but I'm sorry, where did your, your, you start? Well, no, um, because, you know, there's a lot of guys in the industry that like, there's just key KPIs and I think lead conversion is a big one. And then you have um, unsold estimate. Um, like I, you know, I think there's a lot of meat on the table that is being left there, um, with yeah. follow-up and rehash and same thing with lead conversion. Um, and there's just a few KPIs that I think that are not being measured for some reason in this industry or not as aware. Um, and I think it's the lack of coaching programs and things like that, but, um, and just education to the space. Um, but what is your guys' follow-up process look like when it comes to rehash to own like unsold estimates and things like that? Yeah. So after two days, uh, my inside sales are up, you know, it's, we use hatch, right. And that will get sent out. And, uh, you know, if they respond what does hatch do for you guys, exactly. So hatch sends out messages, uh, you know, a or two days after we see them, right. Hey, uh, uh, so-and-so with Comer and cross, you know, was looking at your estimate, is there anything, you know, we could do, right? So it sends those automated messages out to everyone that is still in my estimate sent pool with Builder Prime. Uh, after that, you know, the next day it's going to send another one if they don't answer. The next day it's going to send another. And then I think I skip a day and, and do one more or something. Um, mm -hmm. But essentially it just, it sends really friendly messages for the person to be able to respond. 
And then we want to get them on the phone right away, right? So we want to call them immediately as soon as they get that message out and, uh, you know, hopefully convert them, right? Um, how yeah, long think- do you follow up with somebody? Like, how long do you guys say, okay, this person, like, how long would you guys call, like, like a cold lead or unsold estimate or something like that? Yeah, I mean, so what I want and what somebody else does, sometimes a little bit different right now, but uh, I'll call you until you tell me to, to just, hey, I'm done. Like, I don't, I don't want to yeah. do anything. You know, like yeah. that's when you should be getting a call because at the end of the day, these people are calling you to get a floor. Like they want this done. It just comes down to price a lot of the time, like with our Google reviews and stuff like that, people trust us. Right. So when you get to a certain point, it's just, people just want it at a certain price, I think. Um, right. And I think that's why, you know, I'm not saying we struggle, but there's, you know, I want people in this industry to understand that they need to get their prices up, you know, all across the board. Cause uh, just, you know, at the end of the day, you got to be profitable to remain in business. You got to be profitable to have the, the shiny, nice stuff that your people want and create, you know, a place of work that people want to be at. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I think that this industry, uh, the, the reason a guy like, you know, Jeff gears walked into it, boom, exactly. He's, taking control of the situation because he yeah. knows what's going on and he understands those KPIs. So, Hey there, I bet business is probably picking up for you right now and things are feeling good and using the right tools like Estimate Rocket can help keep it that way. Estimate Rocket offers professional estimates and proposals with digital signature, single source work orders for the entire team, lead to paid job management, full scheduling tools with mapping and time tracking, automated email campaigns, invoicing that exports to any accounting system, and deep data analysis reports. Go to EstimateRocket.com for a free 30-day trial to see if Estimate Rocket is a fit for you. There's obviously opportunity, right? Um, And Jeff... Jeff has uh, just shown us, you know, that, and what's funny is, you know, I saw, you know, I see a lot of the older dogs in the industry that have been doing it for a long time. You see it a lot in these Facebook groups with these guys and um, they're probably good guys, right? If you're having a beer with them, you know, playing some golf or whatever, but like uh, they're just so set in their ways. And, and, and um, Tommy Mello, he always says this phrase, he goes, if, if Tommy wins, it doesn't mean that you lose. Right. Um, and we had the vertical track uh, event a couple weeks ago and there was, hundreds of garage door and HVAC companies. Uh, and I had the opportunity to speak there and it was, you know, and, you know, and Tommy mentioned that again, he goes, you know, a lot of these guys want to get their companies purchased. And he's like, look, if a one is winning, it doesn't mean that you guys are, you know, are losing. He goes, I'm, you know, I'm setting the new standard. I'm elevating the industry. You guys just come along with me. Right. And some of these guys don't want to because of ego and pride. And that's the old dog, you know, a new everybody wins. Like everybody's on the same team in a way. Um, I, I fully agree. Right. Because the trades in general, you know, people are doing things to just keep food on the table sometimes. And it's like, that's not how it should be. Right. Like people, you know, and you're always going to have that lower tier. Right. Um, but at least having a baseline, like if I'm going to lose a job, I want to lose a job to a a good competitor. Right. (laughs) Um, yep. It's always painful when you lose to somebody that like, Oh, well, Hey, this guy said he was going to do it for, for two grand. I'm like, totally. like, well, is he going to be here next and week? With or that next client, that's just a client that you're never going to get a lot of the time, right? <laughs> like they just can't afford it. Like that's that client. And I've kind of gotten to that point of vetting them over the phone. Right. But yeah. like you still run into them and you still really want to close them. Right. But uh, yeah, that's how it is. Uh, and 
how important is the marketing side for you guys? I mean, obviously you're using Service Legend, um, but how important is marketing uh, when it comes to online, um, and, but also offline? I, you know, I heard you talk about reps and um, you know, and promotional items and things like that. Just talk to us how important kind of like the offline and the online marketing is for your guys' business over there. Yeah, the combination's huge. You know, we do we do everything: TV, radio. We've done billboards. Um, don't really recommend billboards, uh, but TV. That's more radio, for ego and pride, right? Say it again. <laughs> That's more for ego and pride, right? Just putting your face totally, on the exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, papers, magazines, all that stuff on the on the physical side, all the way to the truck wraps to the yard sign. But yeah, also um, you know the internet, right? Facebook, obviously, with you guys, you know. Uh, Google, obviously ads, stuff like that, but really getting Google reviews, uh, you know, having a system to send out Google reviews. Um, we use nice job, um, and just being able to master those, those little things. I think the biggest thing yeah. for us, is Google reviews all day long. Uh, like there's no one in, in Detroit that has better Google reviews than us. And I think that goes a long way. Like a Google review for me is it's amazing. It's just as good as selling a job. Yeah. I mean, that social proof is so big, especially, you know, being in business three years and, you know, in less, um, there's a lot of homeowners that have been homeowners for a long time, 20, 25 years. They've, they've hired home service companies. Right. So like they know what's up, you know? Um, and so that social proof helps a lot. I imagine. It does, you know, and obviously referrals are huge and stuff like that, but a Google review, when someone sees you have all five-star reviews at 200 plus reviews, it's like, it's almost like a referral, right? They, they already trust you and everyone else that's below or above you in the, uh, you know, in the, um, in the, um, in the three pack or whatever, um, it had, you know, 15 reviews, right. 4.2 yep. stars, or, you know, I got 72 reviews, 3.7 stars or whatever, you know? Um, and so it is a shiny, like you stand out. Um, how do you guys focus on those reviews? Um, you know, I, well, you mentioned nice job, but is there anything else that you guys do? Um, uh, and then how do you guys use nice job? that yeah exactly so we pay our people like everyone's incentivized to get reviews right from the the technicians right to uh our gm right is incentivized to your reviews we pay per review which is important obviously we don't want to get reviews just because you know the, the monetary aspect but uh you know just it's kind of like a pulse check right i'm like how are we doing like how do mm -hmm. people feel about us right so nice job. They're, you know, going to get an automatic review sent out to them, you know, no matter what at the end of the job. And if it was a terrible experience, let's hear about it. Right. Uh, if it was a great experience, let's hear about it. Um, and I just think the more reviews we get, I think it's just a good pulse check. Obviously I want all five star, but um, eventually, you know, I got a bad, bad review coming soon. I guarantee it. Right. But it'll come, right. It'll come. Yeah. Uh, yeah I talked to Tommy about, and he was like, yeah, I was like sharing something with him. He's like, oh yeah, well I had an assistant once time uh, steal like 15 grand for me. So just chill out, dude. It's going to be okay. I, yeah, was like, <laughs> I was like, all right. It's going to be fine. I have a couple of questions for you um, yeah. re regarding a couple of things in this industry that not a lot of people talk about. Um, and I want anyone else listening uh, just to talk about, you know, I think the, the biggest struggle of the concrete coating industry, especially in the Midwest, you know, and even you, you're probably pretty seasonal in Arizona is really just the off season um, in this industry. Uh, and I yeah. want to talk to a lot of guys and see, you know, what they're doing. We do commercial work as well. We've done half a million dollar parking decks, stuff like that, big work, but it's a completely different business, right? Um, yeah. So I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that and, you know, how you keep your guys busy and stuff like that. 
in the winter for you, I imagine, right? Yeah. Um, the winter's tough. Um, so there's there's a, you know, a couple things, and obviously in Arizona the summer. Um, however, we still work through the summer, but we don't do pool decks, um, and we try to limit like any driveways, uh, things like that, right? And it's then we too hot, right? Yeah, and we we have what's called um, the pre-sell fall and winter program, and we call it the ten and ten. So um, you know, you know, everyone's reaching out for pool decks right now, right? And we tell them, hey, if you let us install this, you know in this time, right? It's like December through February or whatever it is. Um, we'll, we'll only require 10% down. We normally require 50% down. We only require 10% down and, um, you get 10% off automatically for, for doing this. Right. And a lot of people do it. Like last year we had like probably like 20 or 30 pool deck and like driveway, like, like those, those exterior projects scheduled for Q4, like the end of Q4 and early Q1, um, by the end of summer. So that's one thing to fill that up. So for you, it'd be pre-selling, like it's our pre, you know, it's our pre-sell interior and basement uh, program, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, so you can market for basements um, pretty soon and get booked out uh, as much as you can, right? Um, you know, put as much effort as you can. And then um, also, um, I remember Jeff Gear was doing something. Um, he had a program, uh, and, I'm, and I'm not sure if he minds me sharing this, but it was a program where he... Uh, um, would put a percentage of the uh, employee's um, check and a bank account for them. And then it would have, you know, it would build up through the year and that way. Um, and then they would uh, pay them through that. And like um, during the off season, if they weren't working. Right. So it was like a way to help the employee understand how to save their money properly and kind of prepare for yeah. the winter. Yeah. And it was like a guaranteed thing. Hey, we'll hire you right back. We do, right? We do something similar. Yeah. We, we take percent, you know, give percentage at the end of the year. I think that's cool, dude. I think that's really yeah. cool uh, for those loyal employees. If you know, you're going to lay them off and um, because they might go work somewhere else and still use that or whatever. Um, another yeah, thing, we, you know, we keep our main guys and all that stuff, but it is tough. You know, you do when yeah. you have 20 plus guys, right. Uh, in the industry, it is tough, you know, with the offseason, yeah. you're going to lay off, you know, half of them. And we don't lay off here because of, you know, our strategy. So we fill up, you know, garages, things like that. Um, and, you know, it's all about scheduling too. schedule optimization uh, is a big deal. Um, but I think the uh, um, the pre-sell fall and winter program is a big one. Um, so you guys should start selling like, you know, incentivize any, any, any interior job, interior, commercial interior, residential interior, basement, um, a garage that you think could be installed when it's snowing. Um, you want to try to push those people to um, put a deposit in and schedule them for uh, the winter, right? I like that. Yeah, that's the best thing you can do because you'll look up, and if you really put an effort into that, you'll you know look up and you'll have you know quite a you know a bit of jobs on the books for you know for late Q4 or you know um, and early Q1. Another thing is having a supplementary um, or a um, um, a supplement. Uh, or what I'm looking for, um, um, like a secondary uh, division where uh, whether it's Christmas lights, um, something, you know, um, even oh, yeah. if it's small and it doesn't make a ton of money, but it keeps your guys busy and it, you know, it, it, you know, and it covers the overhead of that thing, snow plowing, whatever it could be. I would, I would, I would do something like that too, potentially. Um, but um, I, I'd really love Jeff's opinion on this or, or, or somebody a little bit more experienced than I am. Because in Arizona, it's pretty easy. I, you know, I got to be honest. You know, I mean, it gets hot, but uh, um, we don't ever stop. 
you know. Totally, which is great. That's a, a luxury, right? Yeah. Uh, and I would great. say like in a place like Detroit for two months out of the year, things are pretty slow. And obviously yeah. we'll still work, but there's a big difference going from seven, eight to, you know, one, two or three. Well, you could also do this. Um, we have a um, we have a painter in uh, Detroit, Ellison Painting. They do really well. Brad Ellison is just a, this guy is an an absolute specimen of a of a male. Okay, this guy's a rock star. Okay, um, but um, they do you know same thing for a painter, right? You want to schedule your cabinet installs, your interior jobs for the for for Q four and Q one, right? And so he should be doing the same thing for cabinets interiors and then commercial interiors, um, you know, ideally, but you could also try to partner with like a painter and tell your guys, Hey, um, for two months, you know, we partner with this painter and you guys uh, can go work for this, you know, my, you know, my buddy Brad and do paint work and get paid to your thing. And you can come on back. It might be kind of dicey cause they might want to stay there. If they like, it. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's just being resourceful and creative and, you know, and also being straightforward and, um, you know, with your team and, and most importantly being proactive. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, I want to kind of circle back with you a little bit um, around um, like the culture thing because I, you know, you kept talking about this this culture and things like this. Um, I want to know where that came from, you know, because um, not like you have twenty years of business experience and you know how to build culture, but it seems like you have a good a good grasp of it. Um, how important is culture for you uh, personally? You know, but like, how do you how do you do that? You know, at your age and this business size, this many people, um, how do you build that culture, man? Well, I think number one, it starts with hiring and people that are going to accept uh, culture, right? Uh, I think a lot of there's there's a lot of guys that want nothing to do with it. They just want to come to work and and do their thing. But I think when you're actively actively seeking people that want to get on the same page as you and you know grow and excel and learn and fail together. Uh, I think that, you know, that's culture, you know, obviously we do a lot of fun events, you know, company parties, uh, you know, top golf, whatever, like we do it, but it's just, I think it's getting people, uh, on the same page as you and that are, you know, like-minded, uh, is, is really important. And then, you know, having meetings, not waiting to do a review once a quarter, right. Like keeping, you know, knowing how every person is doing, uh, at our size, at least right now, um, you know, every week, every two weeks, right. Uh, keeping people in the loop, knowing that you care about them, um, and them kind of feeding off my energy and my partner's energy and then each other's energy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the, um, um, uh, you know, I think most people, and I experienced this too early on is, uh, you think that culture is built in a company outing, you know, and like, Hey, you know what, if I just spend a couple hours at a company outing, you know, yeah. a quarter, that's where I'm going to, you know, actually care about them or spend time with them. Um, but when it's, you know, in between those outings, you know, it's work and I'm going to crack 100%. the whip. I, I and like on, on my side of the operation, like, you know, in our sales group chat, Hey, you make a sale, like we're all going to get fired up for you. Right. Like send a funny meme and, you know, whatever it is, like, just getting excited for our people and celebrating our people and constantly telling them, you know, how good they're doing. Right. Um, and that's another thing. I, I just, I don't think that people learn um, from like, from criticism. Like I really don't, I don't think it helps anybody, you know um, you know, a little thing here and there, but overall, like people, you know, thrive with positivity. So. Yeah. Does your business need more reviews? 
Nice Job can help. Our reputation marketing platform automates review invites to save you time. We use our collected and distributed across major platforms such as Google, Facebook, and more. Turn your reviews into customer stories with photos that you can share across your social channels. Nice Job allows you to manage all of this within our platform. Start your free trial today. Yeah, I love that, man. Um, you know, we're getting towards the end here a little bit, um, but I'm curious about the production side. Um, and I know that's your partner, you know, more so, so you know, you don't have to go too in depth, but um, you mentioned um, the warehouse manager and there's like, you know, there's seven crews. Um, I wanted to um, understand how you guys have uh, managed the scale of like crews, because there's so many variables when you, when you start adding crews and, um, if Dr. Jeff Gear, they've mastered this. Like you should see their trailers. They spend like fifty thousand dollars per trailer to set it up, right? I mean, this thing is like a freaking RV back there, right? Um, and so they have this master where it's like, oh, boom, you know, this many sales coming in, boom, boom, boom. Okay, we need this crew. Uh, we need this trailer. Here's all the parts, and it's like a whole situation. Have you guys mastered kind of that, like the scale on the back end side of you know things a little bit and? And how does that yeah, look? I mean, we, we have manuals, right, for everything that we stick to. Uh, obviously, not everything's going to go as planned, right, uh, if you ask my partner. But uh, in general, you know, everyone's on the same page, I would say, uh, as far as manuals, you know, building the trailers out, keeping the, the crew leads accountable for, you know, floors like that. I'm working on, you know, more of a performance pay system uh, mm. for our installers yeah. and stuff. And I think that's really hard for our industry uh, specifically because it is a team effort with everyone on that crew and crews are going to change. Right. Um, but in general, you know, I mean, we have a scorecard for the crews and we go over the jobs, we go over pictures, befores, afters, Hey, is it grinded? Right. Um, you know, all that little stuff. Uh, cause you know, it's important. You can trust people, but, um, you need to hold them accountable. Right. Uh, especially on the install side of things. Yeah, for sure. Um, could you share with us what softwares or like what um, text, like what technology and softwares that um, you think are important for a home service company? Yeah, I mean, obviously it starts with a good CRM. You need to understand, um, one second, let me plug this computers. One sec here, running out of battery. Sorry, you need a good uh, charger? right? That's one. No, there you go. You need to get a charger. But uh, yeah, I would say obviously understanding, you know, your CRM, right. And understanding where your, your leads are coming from. You need to categorize your leads, obviously. Um, that's number one. Cause if you don't know where to market, you know, your toast, as far as production, you know, I think just uh, for our industry specifically like a roofing or like a one and done sale. Uh, I think it's really important, you know, to just have a CRM that where you can assign, you know, that main lead. Right. And then maybe some of, uh, the other technicians that are going to go along with it. Um, Cause you'll see, like we use service Titan. It really was a disaster. It was a disaster. I mean, we, we wasted six, seven months on it. Total headaches. I mean, hundreds, maybe thousands of hours uh, put oh. into it and just not being on the same page with the implementation people. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's not meant for what we do. If you really look into it. Uh, yeah. I wish it was cause it's got some sweet tools. Um, but that's where Builder Prime, obviously, Jeff building it out uh, was God's grace to all of us. Um, Does so that um, with him building that out? Was there like a was there stuff in there that um, like a snapshot, if you will, or like or certain things that 
you uh, that you got to benefit from from what he was able to do with? with oh, totally. Just just simplifying, you know, the, having the sales calendar, the production calendar uh, on a different page is is huge for our industry. Um, you know, seeing the issue rates is, is huge, right? Appointments set, right? How many appointments are we setting? Hey, we got to get to a hundred, 120 for the week. Like, you know, where are we at right now? Where do we need to be? Like, that's so big to be able to look at right. that at any point in time, you know, uh, sales people, you know, tracking commissions, all that stuff. So, um, those are important, obviously jobs sold, um, you know, accounts receivable, we run all of our accounting through it now. Um, so we're just all on one system, which is huge. Um, so yeah, that builder prime has been great for us. There's a lot of things that, uh, they, they could definitely improve, but I think it's a, a work in progress and it looks pretty, pretty promising. Very nice. That's cool, man. Um, yeah, I think that's a part of professionalizing this industry too, is, you know, technology and the software is being implemented and there's been some great folks that have come in and, you know, um, and done some great things. Lee Baker's done some great automations and, um, um, Brandon Vaughn and, um, and things like that. And the kind of things that we've done. And I think we've kind of brought a lot of new stuff and ideas to the industry. Um, and so it's exciting to see those things being implemented. And um, is there anything else that you feel like, um, you know, I mean, as we're kind of coming to the end here, you know, is there anything else that you feel like you want to share with, with the audience and that has helped you kind of get to where you're at? Yeah. I think so. legend, right. No. Say, say it again. Is that outside of service legend? Oh Yeah. I think just, uh, you know, not getting down on yourself and showing up every day is huge. I think a lot of people uh, just need to show up and go through some of the pain. Uh, mm -hmm. And that there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel, right? Like having a good day today, tomorrow not might not be as good, but I'll, <laughs> I'll show up, you know, and uh, continue to make it happen. Because if you look back at how, how far you've come and um, with calculated risk, I think that uh, what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. Yeah, I love that, man. There's never been a better time right now in home service. Uh, when you know private equity is coming in and coming in hard, you know it's a good time, right? Because they, because they, because they, I mean, these guys know the opportunities. They see the opportunities. They have all the data to make the decisions. Uh, you, you don't normally see a private equity company making uh, um, tons and tons of um, bad investments, right? And I mean, it happens, 100%. right? But, yeah. Uh, they're pretty calculated. So it's a great time for us here. Absolutely. And are you with, with your operation, are you more so focused on, you know, kind of service legend or are you looking to kind of grow what you have in, you know, in Arizona as well? Uh, well, so I don't really have any uh, responsibilities at all day to day at Cardinal. Um, you know, I'm partnering with my mom, dad and my older brother and they and they run the business. They they like it. They like being there. And my parents are retired. So it's like, you know, this is like a, a like a secondary thing that they do. Uh, although it's full-time form basically. Uh, however, it's, it, it's, it's a um, kind of a retirement thing that's fun for them. And then my older brother um, does a great job as well. Um, and so the company's just kind of, you know, steady. We'll do a couple million dollars, um, probably like two, 2.5, maybe something like that. Um, my main focus great. is service legend. Um, you know, we have so many opportunities. We have so many great clients like, you know, like yourself that we, you know, that we work for. And, there's a lot of new products that we're going to be um, rolling out this year, like Hulu streaming ads, uh, YouTube ads. Um, we're going to start doing short form content for our clients to help them become like micro in, like influencers in the space. So we can, we'll like edit the content. We'll do the captions, everything, post it as reels um, on YouTube shorts, Instagram reels, Facebook reels, and TikTok. Um, so that, that service um, doing um, more reactivation campaigns and email marketing for our clients. And so we have all these new products that we're going to unroll. And I, 
I think it's going to be really, really cool um, to be able to, I, I'm excited about the Hulu one because I think it'd be cool to have us do your Hulu streaming ads, not have that's to go it. anywhere else, um, yeah. be on TV. So that's kind of my, you know, my main focus right now. That's huge. No, that's, that's awesome. Just, you know, optimizing things, right. And there's always challenges, you know, in a business. And um, so, but yeah, I love this, man. I love this industry. Uh, you know, I'm speaking a little bit more. I'm speaking at, at the huge convention in August in Nashville. Um, just spoke at Vertical Track. Uh, we have our own event coming up um, later this year, which I'd love to have you come on out to. Maybe we can get you on the panel or something like that. It's early right. October for the Service Legend Summit. 100%. Uh, Tommy Mello is going to be speaking. Brandon Vaughn. Um, uh, Jeff Gears coming. Um, we have a bunch of really awesome people coming later this year. So just stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's great. No, I love it. That's that's fun, man. Yeah, man. Uh, well, thank you, man, so much for your time here. I know you're, you know, busy. Obviously, uh, I appreciate your time here uh, and your business here at Service Legend, man, and um, just wish you the uh, the ultimate success, man. And uh, keep us updated. You know, everyone that's been listening is probably pretty amazed at 23 doing multiple seven figures and all these people that you're managing and leading. And uh, so it's cool, man. So keep us updated, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. I will. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. See you guys.